0: The View is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. This is Sunny Hostin. Whether you're driving, cooking, or doing laundry, Progressive knows the podcasts you listen to go best when they're bundled with another activity. Much like how their Progressive home and auto policies go best when they're bundled. Having these two policies together makes taking care of your insurance easier and could help you save, too. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive Save over $775 on average. That's a whole lot of savings and protection for your favorite podcast listening activities, like going on a road trip, cooking dinner, and even hitting the home gym. Yep, your home and your car are even easier to protect when you bundle your insurance together. Find your perfect combo. Get a home and car insurance quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $779 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Not available in all states.
1: I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Wednesday, and I'm here with Joy Behar. This is Behind the Table. All right, it's Wednesday. It's the best day of the week. It is a joy day. Everyone knows that. I shouldn't say it out loud. You're right. But everyone knows there's nothing better than a joy day.
2: Oh, I don't
1: know about that.
2: Uh, I, I you make the other girls jealous if you say something like
1: that. None of them are listening. <laughs> none of them are listening. Maybe Anna. All right, so yesterday, another one of your biggest fans, Sunny Hostin, was here, and we asked her a hypothetical question. I know how you love a hypothetical question. Yeah. And this one was, if she were charged with murder, which, as you and I both know, could happen, um, which co-host she would want to defend her in court? Obviously, she could not pick herself. Without missing a beat, she said Joy Behar. Why? She said that you are very smart, which I agree with, and very passionate, and um, that you are a kind of, if you had a legal degree, you'd be a scorched earth kind of attorney, that you would leave it all out on the field. Well,
2: I would defend her to the death. I yes. Mean, and, you know, she's one of these people who says that, you know, if her son committed a crime, a murder, God forbid, she would help him bury the body. Yes. And I would be that kind of a defense attorney where I would just go completely whole hog for her to right. get her off.
1: Guilty or innocent, you would get her off.
2: Well, the the defense attorney is not supposed to know whether you're guilty or innocent, right? Yeah, I suppose. You assume that they're innocent and yes. then you project from there. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you, Sonny. Yeah. Do you think you'd be a good attorney? Uh, you know, I, I would probably be a good attorney if I didn't have to study the law.
1: Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> Until I figured out that TV was a thing that you yeah, could do, I yeah. kind of wanted to be a lawyer. I thought. Maybe,
2: I never uh, had a thought to be yeah. a lawyer. Maybe I, I, a nun. I told you <laughs> on Money a Podcast, I wanted to be a nun yeah. when I was a kid. And I, but I always wanted to be an, an actress or something.
1: And you were a technical virgin, so you could have been a nun.
2: I was a technical virgin. <laughs> and now I have no technical abilities whatsoever.
1: Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, now I have to ask the question, of course, if you were on trial, yeah, and you couldn't. Let's say you couldn't select Sunny because she is a lawyer, and that's yeah. cheating. Yeah, who would I pick? Which of your other co-hosts would you pick to defend you?
2: Besides Sunny, because she's yeah. the one. So
1: of course, but Sunny's a, Sunny's a, a trial attorney. I don't think that's fair. So pick another one.
2: Star Jones.
1: Star Jones. All right, also a lawyer. <laughs> what about the current table?
2: The current table. Um, none of them. <laughs> <laughs> See, i right. will defend myself
1: <laughs> i would go i would go with whoop because i feel like facts be damned she would just talk it down until i was
2: well, <laughs> well Whoopi maybe because first of all she's famous so, so right away they would be on her side yeah they'd be like ooh, yeah that's yeah, right so yeah. maybe Whoopi. Yeah. yeah
1: i think so she's yeah. got gravitas for that yeah, and they like does. well he looks guilty but i really love sister act and i think she'd give me off I the think other two good.
2: are smart ladies it's yeah. not like they're dumb. no they're all smart and anna too i mean they're all yeah. smart but, you know, we're talking about some other level here. Yeah. No, I think so. All right.
1: All right well, it's interesting. Um, all right. Yesterday on the show, we had Ariana DeBose here, and she told a story about getting some backlash after she expressed ambition for wanting to take on new roles. Mm-hmm. Has this ever happened to you? Do you feel like you, you've you been punished for ambition?
2: Well, I'm not that ambitious, or I wouldn't be working here. <laughs>
1: A million girls want this job, Joy.
2: I know they do. They are breathing down my neck for 27 years, a lot of these girls. Yep. Even when I had a radio show there were people who were on TV saying, I could do that better than her.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um. But they don't. Can you have success like this without ambition? No, I don't think so. It's impossible. You right. have to have a certain amount of ambition to be in show business. I mean, who are you to think that you could be some kind of a celebrity or a star? You have to have that ego. Right. Now, if you have too big an ego, you, you trip yourself up. Right. But you have to have a certain amount of it. Yeah. Do you
1: think there's a sexist kind of angle to this? Of Do you feel there like is. ambition is punished for women in a way it's not for men?
2: Certainly. It's not what you would call a uh, feminine attribute. To Ambition. be ambitious. Yeah. You know, I mean, even in sex, you're supposed to be more passive because of the act itself.
1: Oh, all right. Well, you there say, you so,
2: um, so you always So if you're ambitious and too pushy in bed, a man gets mad. That's happened to me. Really? Oh, yeah. Too pushy.
1: Hmm.
2: And I felt like saying, listen, if you could do it better, I wouldn't have to <laughs> be so pushy.
1: Wow! All right, that's that's a new one for me. But yeah. I, I'm interested. But I think that yeah.
2: ambition in women is considered a not a feminine trait. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Barbara Streisand, who has a book of a thousand pages right sure. now. Do we have to know every single thing about the woman? <laughs> Apparently, her fans think so, and I'm I'm one of them. I love her. Right. I you know when I was her, and I'm her age exactly. She's like six months older than me, mm-hmm. and I've been with her career for her whole time. There was a show in the 1960s called PM East, and she was interviewed by Mike Wallace, and then she'd sing, and I thought, who is this woman? She was like a phenomenon to me. And anyway, she's been been told she's too ambitious, she's too pushy, she's too, what's the word? Um, Theatrical? No, not theatrical, but when she directs something, she's... She wants it exactly right and she tells people what to do and they mm-hmm. don't like that. No, yeah. you never hear that from Martin about Martin Scorsese.
1: True. Yeah. The, my favorite tidbit from the Barbara Streisand memoir so far is that she can't really recall if she slept with Warren Beatty. I like that. <laughs> She's like, I think I might have once. She's the she only said. one who
2: doesn't recall that. But I would he think. slept with everybody. Yeah. I, I doubt that he can remember if he slept with her.
1: He, he says they did. So, uh, yeah, it
2: yeah. so, must have been something.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, listen. Um, yesterday was uh, a big day. It was your first day here since uh, Whoopi's birthday, and you brought your famous lasagna yes. for her. Um, she ate it this morning in the Hot Topics meeting. She told us it was the best one you'd ever made. Did Why? you put? I, I don't know. Did you put something special in it what besides
2: happened? the marijuana? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I didn't put any of that in there. No. I, I know I, I'm trying to figure out what it could have been. It might be that the sauce was better. Yeah. Or, I didn't make it quite as high as I didn't make as many layers. Okay, and I think that that makes it taste a little bit different.
1: It, you've expressed to me off camera that you're a little always befuddled by how much people care about the lasagnas. And, I know because it's the, not
2: that extraordinary a lasagna, a lasagna. Yeah. I mean, it's just a lasagna. It's not that hard to do.
1: Every time it comes up on the show, there's there's a fervor for it. There was an article in like many publications yesterday about the fact that a lasagna went missing in your house. They that, were well, that's true.
2: I don't know where that lasagna is, and it's starting to worry me because my husband can't figure it out either. I know that I made three. I always do lasagnas in quantity. Are you sure. really interested in this topic? Yeah, absolutely. It's not that interesting, is it? L- look at the control room. Everyone's nodding and saying Fascinated yes. Fascinated by yes. this. Okay. All right. So when I do lasagnas, I yes. do quantity. My husband and I we're like we're like a team. Is
1: lasagnas or lasagna plural? Is it many? No one lasagna. Many There's lasagna? no s at
2: the end of the word. Okay. There's no, all Italian words end with vowels. That's what I thought. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. Even though American Italians say we got instead mm-hmm. of we got the. Yes. <clears throat> okay. That's just a Sicilian and mm-hmm. Calabres dialect. Um, what was I saying? Oh, Have yeah, the lasagnas. lasagnas. So I, I am into mass production when I do a lasagna. Yes. Okay, so I always make two or three at a time. You might as well. Sure. You make a big pot of sauce, you do the sausage, You ma- and then you line up all your, la- your layers, and then you assemble. And I put one in the freezer for her. We ate one, and I gave one to somebody who's been begging me for one also.
1: Oh, really? A non-View cast member got yes, a lasagna. A, a
2: friend of mine. Actually, somebody who is a who runs a restaurant who always is so nice to me and so good to me. So he wanted the lasagna, so I made it for him. Look at that. Okay, what happened to the one that was in the freezer? It's, it, a, it's like a little bit of a mystery story. Is it
1: possible that Steve ate it and doesn't want to tell you he ate it
2: no what why what 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 would that serve to lie about he's embarrassed that he ate the lasagna he's
1: moronic occasionally i'll leave something (laughs) in the house and pretend that i didn't eat it that happens
2: why do you do that because i don't want to i don't want the
1: the the for my wife what happened to that ice cream Eh, i ate the whole ice cream i don't want to tell you i ate it but i ate it yeah
2: (laughs) no but he would not do that so i don't know what happened to that lasagna and to this day the mystery is anyone
1: helping her out around the house that could have got into the fridge no so someone possibly broke into your house, stole a lasagna, and left. <laughs> I don't think I think so. we need security and cameras. And but I'm going to get into this. We're going to solve this. All right. Um,
2: for but what those, she didn't tell you yes. is that the day before I came back, I whipped up that lasagna uh-huh. for her. Because I wanted to give it to her, Cause I it's, I feel I have to every year. She has you to feel get pressure. Well, she has to get the lasagna from me. You know, Whoopi has everything. Yes, and Whoopi's very generous. She yes. once gave me a whole bunch of bakelite bracelets because she didn't want to use them anymore. She's just a good person, so I want to give it back to her.
1: I have to tell you, on Monday, she came in and you weren't here. Yeah. And uh, she did say several times, where's my damn lasagna? So <laughs> it, there was an expectation she for She wants her. it. And yeah. she
2: ate half of it already today. <laughs> and then the other half, all these people that live with her, eat them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. No, all right. Well, okay. I, I'm, I'm looking into all this. So we'll find out. Um, and listen, for those at home who do care more than Joy thinks about this, we will link to Joy's lasagna recipe in the description of this podcast.
2: Okay. The whole f- secret is the sauce. Yeah. You must... Throw the garlic into the oil and brown it. Yeah. Not, don't burn it. And then put some tomato paste, stir that up a little bit, cook it up a little bit with the garlic, and then throw the uh, San Marzano tomatoes in there. They come from a special part of Italy. Stir it up, salt, and you know what other, another little secret is? A teaspoon of sugar.
1: There we go. I feel like I'm talking to Clemenza. <laughs> This is great. I'm learning how to make
0: sauce. (laughs) I'm like Lydia Bastianis. Yeah, exactly. This is great. Wine and cheese, tea and my honey, a beach and a good read. What about the perfect pairing when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're delivering Daily digests or serving sensational scoops, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash view, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash view now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash view.
1: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Laney Wilson.
2: Now streaming on Hulu. The story you haven't heard. I experienced a lot
0: of heartache. I'm a tough woman, but it's not easy. Laney Wilson. It's taken me a really long time to even get to this moment. And the CMA Award for Entertainer of the Year goes to Laney Wilson. Wilson. Hey, y'all, it's Lainey. I cannot wait for you to see my special streaming on Hulu. This has been a wild ride, and you'll get to ride alongside
2: me on this journey. Lainey Wilson, Bell Bottom Country, now streaming only on Hulu. Uh,
1: All right. Well, so we also did a topic today about whether a college degree is still necessary. And I heard your aunt had advice for you about college when you were very young.
2: My aunt Sadie, she said to me about men. Yes. She said, if you don't meet them in college, you'll never meet them. That's interesting. Well, that was, you know, the 60s, uh, you know, and there was no Internet. And you just had to go to a bar to meet a man. And I wasn't going to go to a bar. That wasn't my thing. And I met a guy in college who was smart, tall, good looking and Jewish, just my type Mm -hmm. and very smart. And we got married. Yeah. And then we got divorced. All right. But some good (laughs) came out of it. But, you know, you have an unconscious thing in your head when you're dating somebody. Will he, how are his genes going to affect my future children? Uh, See, do all women have that? No, it's completely unconscious. Oh, okay. It's unconscious. I mean, that's why you want to marry someone who's, you know, sleep with someone who's healthy. Yeah. And who, you know, has, that's why when my daughter uh, got married, I said to her now husband, are there any diseases in your family? Yeah. He said, no. And I said, do you love my daughter? Absolutely. Unconditionally. And he said, yes. And and so I said, okay, you can marry her.
1: Subconsciously, that might have been on my wife's mind, but consciously, she just wanted to know my credit score. (laughs) So, I don't know.
2: No, but the unconscious. Yes. I don't think there's a subconscious. It's called the unconscious. The
1: unconscious. According to Freud.
2: All right.
1: I'll go with you on that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. I feel like I probably thought going into college I could meet my future wife there, but it it didn't happen, and I got married later. But it's... uh, it's interesting. Where'd you meet him? Uh, on the Upper West Side. You're in the street. What do you mean on the street? No, at brother Jimmy's in a bar.
2: <laughs> in a bar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Steve
2: used to go to some place called Shelter on the Upper West Side. Okay. And he'd meet women there, and I, I never did that.
1: Yeah. No. It was. Uh, and I was. I was uh, 26, 27 years old. It was a little bit after college, but you know, college was important for me. Not really in my job. I feel like it was. It was important for me to just have a, a general education, a liberal arts education that has yeah. informed me throughout yeah. my life. I don't think there was a lot of vocational skills that I picked up in those four years.
2: Vocational skills. Yes, I don't
1: think I learned that's how not, to be a TV producer. There. No, but
2: that's, well, you can study that in college. I took TV production in college. I,
1: I, I took classes in it, but really what I learned was on the job once I actually started working in television. Yeah. Um, it was important and I'm glad and I really value my college and my college education, but I, I do, I do wonder if... It's all changed. What's important?
2: Well, I believe in it. I mm-hmm. believe in it. I just I mean, when I was in college, I took I had a there was a whole department at Queens College devoted to TV production. Right. And uh, and I, I took that classes. But one of the things I took was speech class, how to mm-hmm. give a speech. And I won a contest. And you know what? The speech was was titled. What? women should marry younger men. Really? Was the title of my piece. And it's almost a hot topic. Why was, always, that's why my whole life has been in preparation for this job. Sure. And to say, and also I'd like to point out, and this is really kind of, going to sound dumb, but it's true. The college education informs you about history. It informs you about politics. It informs you about philosophy. Right. So that I studied St. Augustine, for example, in college. Now, when was I ever going to study St. Augustine? And did you know that St. Augustine believed in predestination? I did not. Okay. When I was doing stand-up comedy, I wrote a joke about how my mother believes in predestination because she said to me about crashing in a plane. Sure. Don't worry about it. When it's your time to die, you'll die. So don't worry about flying. And I said to her... What if it's my time to die? I mean, what if it's the pilot's time to die and I'm on the plane? <laughs> now, that is an example of her believing in predestination, good joke. which I connected to St. Augustine. Yeah. Now, how did I know that? Because I studied it in college.
1: Right, so even the stuff that doesn't seem particularly useful right. in the moment. Right, there's a
2: good example of it. It's, it's a very minor example, obviously, but you say it didn't, it didn't inform your work. It does inform my work.
1: It, it, it probably informs my work in similar ways, yeah. I would think. And um, I, I do think that, well, it helps with the crossword puzzle, too. But I, I I do think, for me, going away to school, being exposed to different people that didn't Mary grow God. up on Long Island, that weren't exactly like me, were was a really helpful well, thing, Well, that's too. why
2: you married a girl from the South. Didn't? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, all right. So we also talked today about having ugly time around your partner and feeling safe enough to I don't not... like
2: that word, ugly time. No one's ugly.
1: It's in quotation, but yes. It's, yeah, but it's,
2: it just means you don't have any makeup on. Yes. Most, all right, well, that's what it is. Listen, so, when a guy wants to have sex with you, he doesn't care if you have makeup on or not. He's not even looking at your face. <laughs> so it's just a dumb topic.
1: Well, all right. Well, Sonny said she used to wear makeup to bed for Manny. that That's something we've discussed before. What, what do you think about that?
2: I thought that was crazy when she told me. Yes. She told me this a few months ago. Yeah. That she wore makeup to bed. And She said when she took it off, Manny didn't even notice the difference. Right, all the work. Again, he's not looking at your face. <laughs>
1: Did you ever feel like you couldn't show your true self to Steve?
2: Well, I did not live with him from the first, From 1982 to 2001. We did lived in separate apart. He lived in the Bronx. I lived in Manhattan. Right. Well, I lived in Queens for a while, too, when I was dating him. Mm-hmm. My daughter didn't even meet him for at least a year into it. Yeah. And it was like, I don't want to start up with the family thing until I finish. No, it
1: complicates things. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, and he, he'd see me, I guess. And he
1: didn't even know you were a stand-up for a while, right? He didn't
2: know I was a stand-up. I didn't yeah. want him to, I didn't want to tell him. Yeah. I, was, I felt that he would lose his erection. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Thanksgiving is next week. <laughs> will you cook for the family? No, my son-in-law does that. He's very traditional. He wants to do the turkey. I always say, let's have a goose. Mm-hmm. Let's have a duck. And my grandson will go, I like duck. But yeah. th- th- he's training the kid now to be traditionalist also. So we have to have the turkey.
1: Yeah, I uh, in my family, we uh, do a big Italian Thanksgiving, so we do have a turkey, but there's also lasagna. Lasagna. There's also uh, lots of different pasta, and it's, it's way too much food, always. My father's the cook, and, yeah. and he does it. This year, we're traveling to my in-laws. We're going to a restaurant, but the... Uh, we're doing a fake Thanksgiving this weekend, so my because fa- my my father can still make a few things that we get to. Oh, yeah, so we get a, a little little preview of Thanksgiving, and then have I, a real I'll tell you Thanksgiving. the
2: truth, I'd be happy to go out to dinner, but they don't want to do it. Yeah, we, you know, when I was growing up, my aunt Rose would pack the stuff on that. T- she f- first they would have soup. Mm-hmm. You're pretty full when you're done with the soup, aren't you? Yeah. Now comes the lasagna. Now comes the frito misto. Now comes the t- Thanksgiving turkey. Now comes the candied dams, just like a little American thing they'd throw in. And one year, I swear this is true. She says, I- "I'm cutting out the soup this year," like really? she, like she had a, like a, a, like a dream. The woman, like, "I'm gonna cut out the soup," and then she, and after, after Thanksgiving, she said, "You know, we don't eat heavy like we used to." there's no soup right <laughs> all right well that's that's a, that's a move i'm having
1: thanksgiving at the uh the resort where dirty dancing was filmed the movie dirty dancing. in the catskills it's not in the catskills it's actually in uh southern western virginia at a place called mountain lake it, You're kidding. it stood in for the catskills.
2: it's not the catskills it's
1: not the catskills but it's uh, i resent that i know i know it's all it's all you fake. know
2: i worked in the catskills a lot when i was a comedian i used yeah. to do the concord everything browns Grossingers, you name it. Yeah, of course. Kutcher's. Did you enjoy that? It was hard because the, the uh, audience, they they're, they pay to be in the building. Right. So they pay a flat fee. Now they have entertainment, which means they didn't pay to see me specifically. Right. So if you're bombing, what they would do there is just walk out, like an exodus. Mm-hmm. They never walked out on me, not once. Go. They walked out on Glenn Campbell. Oh. singing Amazing Grace in the Catskills. That's tough to walk out. They, the door. There was like there was a joke. they say, "Is it a three door walkout or a four door <laughs> walkout?" It was like a running joke at the Friars.
1: I uh, I once took a cruise with my family when my kids were very young, and we went to see a magician on the cruise ship, uh-huh. and it's the same kind of thing. That's whatever the entertainment yeah, they is you go to, and we're going there, and it's very very quiet. And my three year old, because she's three years old, just yelled out, "This is boring." <laughs>
2: You know, my grandson did the same thing oh, really? when he was, like, four years old. This is boring. And I didn't realize they had speakers under our seats. <laughs> you can't take kids to those shows. No, I guess not. But she she was bored with the magic show.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it was, you know.
2: It's not that interesting.
1: No. There you go. All right. Well, listen, thank you, as always. I always enjoy these days. We're it's, done. We're done. Um, tomorrow on the show, we have Sarah Haynes joining us, which is very exciting. And uh, if you are enjoying the show, I keep telling everybody every day, and you keep doing it. I love it. Please leave us a review. Please follow the show, rate us, give us a five star review, and tell us what you like and what they don't. And as you'll see, Joy, they like you.
2: You'll see, you're, they're opening yourself up to, the, to criticism too. You know what is it? I hate her. You know, I hate her politics. She hates Trump. Now I hate her. You know, and you know, whole, th- those people, those
1: people aren't listening right now. They're not? <laughs> no, the people that hate you don't actually listen. Oh, that's right. So that's the good thing. They might turn, they might turn on the TV and see you for a minute, but they're not listening. They're not downloading the podcast. Okay, good. All right, thanks everybody. When it comes to winning elections, is it really the economy, stupid? Are soccer moms the quintessential swing voter? And does it matter which candidate you'd rather share a beer with? Every election cycle cliches come easy, but are they right? In a new series on the 538 Politics Podcast, we're taking a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections. Where did that wisdom come from, and does it hold up today? Find the campaign throwback series in the 538 Politics feed
0: wherever you get your podcasts.